and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that will guide you through a movie. Each and every month there's a thing, and as it's September, I'm doing a Super Spy September, which is my look at all the first movies of all the Bond actors for Bond's 60th, except for Lazenby, because I'm a humped at the other guy. Hmm. Tonight, I'm looking at Roger Moore's first Bond movie, Live and Let Die, from 1973, coming out two years after Connery's last official Bond, and Moore was the second actor to try to dethrone Connery as the greatest Bond ever, but hmm, now this thing was actually written for Connery, because they didn't realise he wasn't going to do this thing, hence why this has more of an edge than Moore's other movies did because Moore's, let's face it, he was all smirk, raised eyebrows and, I don't know, cratty chops or judo chops as Austin Powers says, whereas Connery was more of a slap you about the face, have a vodka and then shoot you dead sort of person, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know, Moore just doesn't work as Bond for me, he's too smirky and too jokey and punny and is all raised, eye- raised eyebrows and Talk, I mean, uh, no, just no, no. So on to Moore himself, he's the only Bond actor that didn't drive the Aston Martin. Even Lazenbury drove one in his one and done movie. And as for his best gadgets, God, what was that thing? The submarine car thing? The Lotus Esprit submarine car? The rest of his gadgets were kind of shite. I mean, what do we have? Uh, what was it the gondola car? For crying out loud, the bloody, uh, the, the watch by the firing poison darts thing, and it's like, for crying out loud, mate, your fucking wings are shite. The exploding lots of, uh, is spree, what was that, actually? No, wait, that wasn't, that was, oh, who gives a fuck, frankly, I mean, yeah. Also, that song that goes on to this movie is fucking terrible, Jesus Christ, I cannot stand the Beatles, let alone bloody Paul McCartney, Jesus jinkies. Anyway, let's see if this one will die, or will it live, that's a terrible pun. God. With the budget of $7 million, it made $161 million. Now, today's money, that was a budget of $46 million and made $1 billion. Starring Sir Roger Moore, Yafet Koto, Jane Seymour, Geoffrey Holder, Gloria Henry, Clifton James, Bernard Lee and Lois Maxwell. Directed by Guy Hamilton. The plot, James Bond is sent to America to investigate the mysterious deaths of British agents. First, he's sent to New York to find out about a drug dealer called Mr. Big. Then he's set to New Orleans where he finds out about a voodoo priest that has to be working for Mr. Big. So he tracks them all back to Kananga, who owns a private island in the Caribbean, where he uses a tarot card reading psychic to help him out on his enterprise. See, his plan is to flood the world's market with heroin. That would somehow lead him to take over the world? Uh, can Bond stop him? I find out here. So, after the United Artists logo, out walks Bond to do the gun battle sequence. And this is an introduction to Sir Roger Moore as James a Bond. Then it opens up on New York and United Nations building as an assassin kills Bishop Bastard by blasting his eardrums with some sort of sonic feed- feedback. It's on to New Orleans, where a British agent is stabbed to death in the streets as a funeral walks past, which then stops to pick up his dead body and then goes into a sort of carnival-like atmosphere. Okay then. 
And then it cuts to San Monique and Carabine. As a voodoo priest starts a ritual, he is Baron Samdi, played by Jeffrey Holden. Uh, a note, this guy was terrified of snakes, so he had to hold an actual python. And he actually did the stunt where Bond throws him through a coffin full of snakes, and that was real snakes. And this guy was shit terrified of him, brave man. Anyway, he kills the British agent with a snake bite to the cheek, as it pops the terrible wings and Paul McCartney's song, Live and Let Die. With naked ladies dancing into voodoo signs, five full minutes later, Bond is awakened from his sleep in the wee small hours by M, played by Bernard Lee. Not only to give Bond his mission, but to give him the gadget of the movie, a uh, magnetic, what, gonna metallic, magnetic watch. Still no cue then. Hmm. He reaches out over the last mission where the Italian spy went missing, and that's the lady he's in bed with. And I think this is the third time we see Bond in his house. The first one is Dr. No, the second one is on Homage to Secret Service, and now this. I think that's the last time we see Bond's house, except in Skyfall, but that's one of his ancestral estate. Moving the hell on, as you can tell I hear, wasn't he in his house in Skyfall at the beginning, or was that M's house? Moving on. Miss Moneyberry, put again by Lewis Maxwell, walks in and finds Bond's date sticking around the house, but says nothing. With them gone, Bond tries his magnetic charm on this girl, who is still in a closet before flying to New York. Cut to Solitaire, put by Jane Seymour, doing a tarot card reading to Mr. Big slash Kananga, played by Yafet Koto, telling him a man comes, travelling quickly, has a purpose, travels over waters with others, and he brings violence and destruction as Bond's fucking Boeing 747 lands in New York. God, who wrote this bloody script? He's picked up by a cabbie, actually he's picked up by a driver, who drives him to see Feig's lighter, played by David Head- Hedson, I think was his name. On the way there, the driver is killed by Whisper, played by Earl Joy Brown. He is one of Mr. Big's many, many henchmen assassins, driving a white pipmobile. I kid you not, it's a full-on pipmobile for crying out loud. I mean, this is how 70s this fucking movie is. I mean, this was the height of black exportation, and my God, is this movie run with this black exportation stuff? Jesus, jinkies. Bond struggles to control the car before crashing into a parked truck. Bond then has to call Felix at the CIA safe house to help him deal with the NYPD. Jesus Christ, who wrote this crap? I mean, Meanwhile, inside the Caribbean ambassadory house, that's a word, hmm, Kanger, who knows the place is bucked, starts a pre-recorded speech as he does whatever the fuck he's doing, as his henchmen change into ridiculous pimp suits. See, black exportation, oh my god. Cut to Bond heading to an, an occult shop in which Whisper walks in straight to the back, so Bond buys a stuffed snake, and that's one behind the counter to gift wrap it for him, as Bond slipped behind the closed doors. How did Bond know what the hell was going on here? Who the fuck cares? It's a Roger Moore movie, just run with it. Meanwhile, back with Kananga. He has his number one goon, Teehee, played by Julius Harris, and his gimmick is he has a metal claw, and laughs everything. Escort Solitaire into a hidden elevator that 
leads them to a hidden garage in which Bond finds a white pitmobile. Handy that, I mean, they drive off in a dark green pitmobile, so Bond follows. He was a taxi who handily warns, sorry, works for Mr. Big, as every single fucking black person in this worked for Mr. Big. Did Mr. Big buy every black person in America? Fuck right off, this movie is beyond racist. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, every single black person that Bond meets works for Mr. Big. This thing is beyond fucking racist. I mean, it gets worse. Bond is called a honky. An even boy. What in the fuck, 70s? I mean, oh my god, this is beyond racist. Bond tells the cabbie to tell the green Cadillac. Oh, Pimpmobile. Hmm. Uh, why does everyone in Mr. Big's entourage drive a fucking large Pimpmobile style caddy? Who is tailed by a CIA handler? Wait, every single black person in Harlem is in Mr. Big's pocket. Seriously? Even a fucking shoeshine guy? Who the fuck wrote this and why the hell is I so fucking racist? Jesus Christ. So, Bond is then driven to the Fillet of Soul Bar, which is the same bar that was in New Orleans, but this is a different location, it was in New York, um, in which he walks in and he's the only white person in Harlem. What the fuck, 70s? Bond takes a seat, which is on a turntable wall, and he's face to face with Mr. Big's goons. Here Bond claps eyes on Solitaire and instantly hits on her as she's doing a tarot card reading. Here, 25 minutes in, does Roger Moore drop Bond, James Bond? Or the name's Bond, James Bond, oh god, it's bad. So Otea tells him she knows who he is, and indeed the cars told her. What the fuck, who wrote this bloody movie? He then uses his metal claw to disarm Bond, and walks off laughing as Bond hits on Solitaire yet again. So she gives him a reading, telling him he is a fool. Also, he will be her lover soon. Uh, Bond is then taken out back to be killed. By the way, I love how Kanger's disguise is Mr. Big is a bad false nose, chin and cheeks. You can tell how mildly that's Jaffe caught over Christ's sake. Oh my god, it's so bad. Outside, Bond, or rather Roger Moore's stunt double, quickly deals with Mr. Big's thugs. He's held at gunpoint by the CIA handler, who tells him all about Mr. Big, who owns every black person in fucking America. Jesus Christ. He then tells Bond about Kananga. He is in Mr. Big's pocket too. No, he's not. He is Mr. Big. I mean, hmm. So he flies to the Caribbean island to investigate. Cut to the camper than Christmas, Baron Samdi. As a lounge act... I mean, they call him the master of voodoo and he cannot die. This movie is beyond terrible. Bond arrives at a check-in and told Mrs. Bond is visiting him. Now, I know this is all about voodoo, but is it a zombie Dame Diana Rigg? <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> In his room, Bond runs a bath. What is it with Bond and a bloody bath? She'll be more of a shower person, I mean, for crying out loud. Before having... It, he sweeps the place for bugs, and he finds one in, I don't know hell, it's a statue, there's one on the bed, and it's like, what the hell? And then he orders champagne? What the fuck is happening here? He then takes his bath, 
where someone slips in a snake. Uh, then Bond shaves in a bath, which is fucking disgusting. Right? As Whisper delivers the champagne. Oh yeah, his gimmick is he can only talk in whispers because his name is Whisper. Who the fuck wrote this thing? Bond returns to the bath to empty it. He notices the snake is on the carpet. So he roasts a life of cigar and body spray. What the fuck movie? Yeah, I wonder, did they actually kill the snake for real? As did the spider and Doctor No. In walks <coughs> Mrs. Bond with a gun in hand, which Bond uses a cigar to disarm her because T.E. stole his gun. She is Rosie, played by Gloria Henry, and she's supposed to be CIA, who is, of course, in Mr. Big's pocket because she's black. As I said, every single fucking person in this movie is black, apart from one person, which I'll mention later. She drops, she's new to the CIA. Also, she was the agent assigned to the bridge agent, Baron Semdi, killed in the opening. Red fucking flag. Bond tries to sleep with her, but she said she'd rather take a suicide pill. Ouch! Red flag number two. Only bad girls turn down Bond. Uh, unless, of course, you're told to bump for me, mate. Uh, second. Unless you are told to pump information or stay on the top of things. I guess it's Bond's midi then. So in Rosie's room, I love she booked a double room. There's one of Baron Smidi's fucking bloody top hats. Rosie's claims a voodoo warning and Bond scoffs it and tosses it aside, saying it's for a little man who had a fight with a chicken. What the fuck? These jokes are terrible. Next morning, at breakfast, Bond finds the Queen of Cups tarot card and note this means care, compassion, sensitivity and nurturing. Bond then hires a car driver to the docks and here we meet Quarrel Jr. played by Roy Stewart and he is the only black person not in Mr. Big's back pocket. As Bond does a spot of deep sea fishing, Rosie leaves to get changed into a bikini and here she finds Quarrel's secret radio equipment hidden behind a false wall. So Quarrel is, what is he, MI6, CIA, I mean, mm. She then takes a gun and holds Quarrel at gunpoint. Not to worry, but Bond knows his dad, or rather, knew his dad. Awkward. So they're old friends, question mark. Rosie then takes him to Kranger's Island, where Quarrel warns him off it, saying no one sets foot on it except for Kanger to get tarot readings from Solitaire, and no one leaves the island alive. Speaking of which, Solitaire is doing a live tarot reading to Kananger as Bond scopes out the island. I love how Kananger just drops Rosie is in his back pocket. Hello, he is Mr. Fucking Big. There is no surprise there then. Solitaire turns a card, and it's a lover's card yet again. But she lies into its death as Kananger is now pleased. Hmm. Note, the lover's card means temptation in a relationship. What does that mean? Hmm. Mr. Big orders Bond to be killed. So Rosie takes them deep into the jungle where Bond stops for a picnic. Who the fuck wrote this thing? I mean, uh, Bond sleeps with her and then calls her a lying bitch, demanding answers at gunpoint. Rosie then sees a scarecrow and freaks the fuck out. She said it's a voodoo curse. She then runs off into the jungle, but another scarecrow shoots her in the back. As you do. Cut to Solitaire. In an outfit a drag queen would think was too much, as Kanga demands why Bond isn't dead. He tells him he had to kill 
Rosie, as he shot her in the back with the voodoo fucking skeleton, whatever it is, a scarecrow, what the fuck it was, I mean, ugh. So Alter tells him a woman warns him all about Rosie. Yeah, you love, there's no suspense or surprise in this fucking movie. This movie is beyond obvious, this thing is piss poorly fucking written. And we cut to Bond hand gliding while smoking a cigar, as you do, I mean, seriously, who in the hell wrote this thing, I mean... Kananga then demands Salta to give him a reading, but she says she can't do it right now, as he's too mad at her and the vibes would be off. God, this is so bad. So he drops she's only useful when she's a virgin, and he'd take her power by force if he needed. Wow, 70s, just wow. Threatening a young woman with rape to take away her power? What the fuck, movie? Bond then hand glides into the complex, killing a guard as he does. I mean, oh my god, cut to Bond dealing tarot cards. He then uses them to trick Solitaire into bed by having a whole deck of lover cards. Really, 70s? You just, I mean, uh, so Bond tricks, tricks into bed and then in essence rapes her. I mean, god almighty. Note, all these tarot cards have the 007 logo on the back. I wonder if they sold these things or even sell them. Hmm. After the deed is done, five minutes later, Solitaire is in bed with Bond, telling him she's glad she's longer a virgin. However, she's worried Kananga would find out and he would have her killed. Bond tells her not to worry. I mean, she's supposed to be psychic because she's virgin. You took her virginity, therefore she's no longer psychic. So, yeah, I would be worried. Bond tells her he'll get her off the island onto British hands, but only after she spills all about Kanga slash Mr. Big. She says she can't. She needs her, quote, sight to do so, but he took it. With that, Bond gets dressed to leave. Charming there, Mr. Bond. I mean, hmm. First you're to bed, and then you want to just leave her for dead because you stole her virginity. What a fucking arsehole. Solitaire... Asks for round two. So Bond throws out a terrible pun and then heads back to bed. Seriously, I mean... Next morning, she leads him through the jungle to Mr. Big's hideout. They follow the scarecrows to Baron Samdi's church, where he tells them to have a good day while stroking a... a um, gravestone. There we go. They continue deeper into the jungle with the scarecrows watching because they all have built-in cameras and, of course, built-in guns. She gets them to poppy fields, then a gunship pops up and scares them off. Bond leads them out of the jungle, cue the double-decker bus chase through a village, and this is beyond fucking ridiculous. And note, Jane Seymour was actually in the back of the bus doing this stunt for real, but Roger Moore refused because he's a fucking old git. Then on to a fucking police chase as Bond is in the bus. He quickly loses them down by the shoreline after they go skidding off the road into the water. And note, someone was badly injured when he landed on coral rocks and cut him up severely. He was injured more when the motorbike hit him on the back of the... Well, the back. Oh my god, this is so bad. I mean, Roger Moore's Bond... Injuries were ridiculous, rather than something were ridiculous. I mean, one guy lost a leg in one of the movies. I mean, what the hell? Anyway, the chase continues with cop cars, because the previous one was motorbikes. I mean, hmm. So Bond loses them by driving uh, the bus 
into a low bridge and it cuts off the top decks. And note, this was done for real, although the roof was partially cut off. I mean, mm. and this stunt falls flat. Why? Because it doesn't even play the Bond theme or the Bond song until the very end and it just abruptly cuts off. This is badly edited and badly scored. I mean, uh, Bond drives a bus down to the docks where Quora waits to take them to the mainland to safety, where Bond tells him to take them to New Orleans to have her held over to Felix. And now in New Orleans, Bond takes Solitaire to Felix, and wouldn't you know it, it's the cabbie from fucking New York, who takes Bond straight to Mr. Big's private airport. Solitaire, fake, turns on Bond, who then runs off to steal a small two-seater plane, and tries to make an escape. Too bad, it's a fucking, I don't know, a learner plane, there's some woman sitting next to him. So, in his escape, he clips both wings off the small plane as Mr. Big's goons give chase across the bloody airport in their carries. But, of course, I mean, this is just badly done. He then just parks the plane and just runs off. I mean, uh, this is so fucking bad. Back to Felix, who is fielding calls from pissed off owners of the planes. Bond destroyed during the car slash plane trace, I mean, chase. Cut to the CIA agent that saved Bond in Harlem. He's watching the Philippe Soul Bar as up walks another funeral. Luckily for him, Bond and Felix pull up so they don't kill the agent. And this is literally the exact same fucking scene from the start of the movie. I mean, it's the exact same setup, the exact same widow, the exact same positioning, the exact same extras in the background, everything. I mean, this is just badly fucking done. Now, in the bar, Bond and Felix get the same waiter as they were in Harlem. I mean, this is just badly fucking written. Bond is then shown to a booth near a wall, but he rejects it and says he wants a table near the stage. Too bad out, singer comes out singing Live and Let Die badly as the table sinks to the floor. Bond is then taken hostage or kidnapped, or the fuck he is. And note, Bond McCartney took a third of the budget for this song. What in the fuck for that one? He should be on a fucking movie singing the bastard song then, Jesus jinkies. Oh my god. Mr. Big calls Bond some kind of maggot mag meddling in his business. So he gets Tee to stand next to him, telling him that if Bond's finger will be cut off of his claw, if Solitaire gets a reading wrong, then Tee will cut off other vital things. What I don't get, if Bond is a super spy, why didn't he know Mr. Big is Kananga? Also, you can tell a fucking mile off the guy is the same fucking person. This is so fucking lazily written, it's unbelievable. Cue a Bond villain monologue, as Kananga tells Bond he's willing to give away two metric tons of heroin for free. He will then sell it at cut price and this will somehow make him take over the world as he plans to be the only drug dealer in America, as he will put every other drug dealer out of business, and then he will hike up the price. Okay then. Who the fuck wrote this, and how much cocaine was he on? I mean, uh, moving the fuck on, Mr. Big takes Bond's watch, and then asks Solitaire to read the same number on the back. She gets it correct, so Bond is let go. Nope. T knocks him out and Whisper carries him off to a crocodile farm. What the fuck is it? Out walks Baron Samdi 
to set fire to a tarot cards. What in the fuck is going on here? By the way, his pimp suit is second level. Jesus, next level. Jesus, jinkies. Mr. Big knows Solitaire lights him and then slaps her around as she gets knocked to the ground. As the Baron just pulls out the death card and starts laughing. The fuck movie. And note, the death card doesn't mean death. It means the end of something or something will change in someone's life. It doesn't mean fucking death. <sighs> Bond comes to on a crocodile farm where Tihi explains that this is where he lost his arms. He then places Bond on a feeding island, surrounds it with chickens and then sends Bond out to be eaten. Luckily, Bond lines up all the crocodiles and alligators to use them as an escape gantry sort of thing on the feeding ground. And note, this is done for real by Ross Kanga. Not only was his name used for the Mr. Big Alter Ego, or other the whatever, but his farm was used for this stunt, and he did this thing six times over two days. Each time a crocodile or alligator would snap at him, and one time he actually almost lost his foot. This was a take then used in the film, which was on top of editing. By the way, he was a crocodile expert, however, these were not trained alligators or crocodiles. And I'm also loving the fact Bond is wearing crocodile shoes because of course he has a Roger Moore's sense of humour. Now see what I never got. This why did they use a stunt with real crocodiles? Why not just use fake crocodiles to have it as stepping stones instead of real crocodiles? I mean it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, now three Bonds lures the crocodiles into the heroin lab where they no doubt have a feast and then he sets fire to the place. Bond then steals a speed boat to escape and cue a speedboat chase through Louisiana's swamps straight through a bloody well wedding. During the chase every fisherman in the area gives chase. Of course they are all black because this movie's fucking racist. Bond loses some of them as he jumps small strips of land causing most of them to crash. And note the whole jumping thing were done for real. This was done seven times. Also, the one where the wedding was done, I think it was eight or nine times over two days because it was a flooding due to the swamps. And each time the speedboat would crash into a tree, and each time a stuntman would get injured. Moore wanted to do this part for himself, but on the day before shooting the stunt, he took out a speedboat which stalled and knocked out Roger Moore. I mean, cut to the introduction to possibly the most racist thing in Bond history, Sheriff J.W. Pepper, played by Clifton James Moore, as he calls everybody Moore. I mean, note, he's wearing a fat suit, plus he puts on that ridiculous accent. I mean, hmm. Just as about to arrest one of Mr. Big's henchmen, Bond screams past, or rather flies past, almost taking out this good old boy's head off. I mean, hmm. Unfortunately, JW shoots Bond's boat's engine, so he has to ditch it for a new speedboat in which he makes a getaway as Mr. Big's goons crash into a swimming pool of all things again. Who the fuck wrote this? JW gives chase in a police car from another parish. Can he do that? I mean, hmm. After his car is worked out by a flying boat that crashes and smashes up his car. 
Look, this ending is a fucking mess. This chases over the bloody place. In fact, this entire movie is just a fucking mess. Just go off it for its ridiculousness. I mean, hmm. Bond screams past a roadblock in the water. Is that a water block then? Hmm. And once this ridiculous boat's car chasing ends, Bond makes it to the end of the river where Phoenix tells him Mr. Big run run off with Solitaire. Oh, by the way, he Bond goes through a wedding and that's like, who cares? And there's a whole bit where J.W.'s brother-in-law or some shit like called Billy Bob Joe Briggs or the fuck it is. I don't care for it. fast audience, but to be honest, I, mean, I, was, I don't care. Anyway, cut to the Caribbean islands as Baron Samdi holds Solitaire captive as he does some sort of voodoo ritual. And note, that is a real snake he's handling and the actor dropped the snake because he was terrified of snakes as I said earlier. Jane Seymour, however, was actually tied to fence posts for real. And that was a real poisonous snake. As the crew abandoned her for a good 10 minutes as the snake slowly crawled towards her. Luckily, some, I don't know, snake handler saw the thing and pulled away from Jane Seymour last second. Yeah, fuck this and fuck fucking Roger Moore's... Mm. Bond rescues her and then kicks Baron into a coffin full of snakes as the two run off, not before Bond shoots a Baron Sandy, what was it, a dummy in the head with a, uh, a bullet and it goes back to life and it starts to laugh and I think he's a fuck frankly. Meanwhile, Quarrel Jr. is planting C4 in the puppy fields. As the puppy fields burn, somehow Bond and Solitaire are in Mr. Big's underground lair. Mr. Gives, Big gives them champagne and then asks them uh, what was so fancy about the gun he found at his wetsuit by the water? By the way, where the fuck does this gun come from? I have no idea. Bond explains it's a compressed gas gun that they used to blow up sharks. Mr. Big again, Bond monologues, his plan to kill Bond. Something about... I have no idea. Put him in an airtight container or some shit. Or fuck, you know. Mr. Big ties Bond and Solitaire to a wrench, or rather a sort of pulley system thing, and then cuts his arrow to attract sharks, because of course this guy's got bloody well sharks, but he's got fucking laser beams, all the bloody things. He then lowers them into the water. Handily, Bond uses his magnetic watch to get one of the gas bullets, and then the fucking watch handily has a buzzsaw that cuts through the rope. Who in the fuck wrote this ending? My god. Now free, Bond swings across, locks Whisper in one of the airtight submarine type thingies, and it takes on Mr. Big by sticking a bullet in his mouth, which expands him and he blows up. This is utterly ridiculous. I mean, once free, it then cuts to a train station where Bond and Solitaire ride in style into the sunset. Tihi attacks and they replay the fight scene on a train, rather, the train fight scene from, from Russia with Love. As Bond throws out the window, I mean, he quickly the Samson, God. As Baron Samdi is riding the front of the train, laughing, as credits finally fucking roll. And God damn it, this movie is beyond awful. From the song all the way down, this thing is piss poorly written. It is racist as all hell. It is a dumb piece of shit that makes no bloody well sense. Now, mind the fact MI6 is getting into the United States problems. I mean, what the hell's MI6 got to do with the Americans getting flooded by heroin? What the fuck? 
And that whole drug idea that is ridiculous. He thinks he can flood the entirety of America with free heroin and then cut price it and then jack it up and take over the entirety of America's drug regime. Oh my god, it's rid- and that whole chase scene with the boat is ridiculous, the whole explosive gas gun thing is ridiculous, I mean, this whole movie is just fucking ridiculous. I'm going to give this thing a generous double one out of ten. Still come back next week as I look at Tim the Dalton's first Bond movie. Now, thank you for listening, don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. And follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Now go check out one of my hundreds of other podcasts. Uh, bye. And James Bond will return in The Living Daylights.